Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, June the 17th. And let me just say, thank the Lord for Zachary Wheeler, where would this team be without their MVP, without their stud, without the best player on the team, without one of the best pitchers in baseball, Zachary Wheeler, yet again. They needed him. Their ace came through last night. Didn't even have his best stuff. Didn't even have his best stuff. And my man gutted it out. Six shutout. The Phillies ended up winning 2 nothing over the Dodgers in a... You know, again, I, I I hesitate to ever say must-win games in June, but it felt like a must-win. It wasn't really. But you felt like, all right, losing those first two, you need to take one here. And it was so frustrating watching them lose the first two, as we talked about. But if you pull back a little bit and, and look at it from a macro sense, you know, outside the injuries they suffered, um, you know, they played hard in all three games. They fought the the better team, the Dodgers are just flat out a better baseball team than the Phillies. And, and you know, game one sucked because of all the runners left on base. Game two sucked because of all the runners left on base. But at the same time, you know, they were in it in both those games late, particularly game two, um, you know, in it tie game in the seventh or whatever it was. You know, you, you feel like at least they fought hard. And then last night, a, a nice baseball win, a nice, well-fought, well-pitched, couple big hit baseball game. Over the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Now they're still 12 and 21 on the road. You know, that's an issue. And we'll take a look at the standings. The Mets win again, unfortunately. So they don't gain a game, but the standings and kind of some of the interesting points about the home road splits and all that type of stuff for the teams in the NL East and, and then the overall standings a little bit later. Um, tomorrow, as an early heads up, uh, off day uh, today for the Phillies, then heading to. San Francisco to face Gabe Kapler's 43-25 and 25 San Francisco Giants. I'll say it again. Gabe Kapler's 43-25 and 25 San Francisco Giants. So that's going to be something. going to be something. We'll, we'll look at series, that series in depth, um, more depth a little bit later as well. And tomorrow I Definitely want to get into, uh, we'll look at that series tomorrow, and I also want to get into Tyler Glass now tomorrow, as I've, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday, and we're going to obviously continue to talk about this substance thing for a while. It's going to be a, one of the prevailing stories of the season. It already is one of the, the biggest stories of the season with reaction, obviously, 
massive reaction, but I, I definitely want to dive more into Glass now specifically after having some time to to re-listen to what he said and to really take his comments to heart. I, I you know, I, it has kind of, of somewhat changed my view on things. So I want to get into that tomorrow for sure and the the whole situation because I do think there's a little more gray area than I had previously made it seem in my at least my opinion on what you know how these things how this whole thing should be handled and all that so that's that's going to be fun to get into tomorrow and again we'll look ahead to this massive massive series with the Giants but today I want to look back at last night obviously take a look at where the Phillies are some stats for the Phils and you know talk about uh the greatness of Zach Wheeler as well let's start with uh going back to last night which again was it a nice gutty baseball win you know it really was it was um it was just nice to see the Phillies win a game like this, you know, a game where they didn't really show up. Um, you know, still a lot of runners left on base, 10 hits, only two runs. You know, that's clearly not good enough. Um, but a game where they found a way to win, and, and Zach Wheeler gets a ton of credit. Jose Alvarado, his best outing in forever, gives you two shutout with four strikeouts. And then Hector Neris back in action, uh, you know, good action, gets the save, his 10th save of the season. Um, but, but a big win, you know, it was a really a necessary win to get back to 533 and 33. And now you had to face a better team in San Francisco and see, I can, but you beat Clayton Kershaw last night too. And Kershaw, uh, was talking after the game and, and gave the Phillies a lot of credit said, wow, they really grinded out of bats against me. He's like, I thought my stuff was good tonight. And, uh, and they got to me, um, particularly how about it? Uh, Reese Hoskins, what's the best way to break an 0 for 33 slump? Let me think. A home run off Clayton Kershaw in your first bat of the game? I would say that's pretty high on the list. <laughs> I'd say it's up there. Reese, finally. And and interesting enough, you know, you go into last night's game because of the injuries to Harper and Segura. And uh, the Segura one, we'll talk about that's a, an issue as he is on the IL. They're thinking about three weeks. Um, but with that, instead of, you know, Reese Hoskins we had talked about yesterday going in saying, you know, or two days ago, say so they, they got to sit Reese, you know, get Reese on the bench for a game or two, let him kind of adjust himself, get back to where he needs to be, and then uh, instead, because the injuries, Reese Hoskins is not not benched. He's moved up in the lineup, moved to the two hole, and then last night, um, just gets a pitch to hit in the first inning from Kershaw and drives it over the left center field fence, and what a massive, 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 massive hit. As it ended up winning the game, right? It was the winning run. They win 2 nothing, so they didn't even need the second run, but it was nice to have it. An RBI double by JT, uh, scoring a double. Um, but uh, just a, a big hit from Hoskins here, and exciting to see that. And look, we know. We know what Reese Hoskins is. We know he is hot and cold, Mr. Hot and Cold. And that was part of the reason you argue against taking him out of the lineup is, is he's the kind of guy where, yeah, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful, but once the switch flips, the switch flips for real, and he's hot as, you know, fire again. Um, we'll see. We're hoping that's going to happen here. He didn't get another hit the rest of the game, so, you know, just the one hit. Goes one for five, one RBI, one run, that home run. But now's the time. You know, with Segura out, with Harper out day-to-day, they could really use Reese Hoskins flipping that switch, right? I mean, if they can get Reese hot again and get him back to where he was, you know, just a few weeks ago, um, really the stretch without the other guys where he did step up and, and play much better baseball, that would be huge. That would be huge for this team. Um, they need him. They need Reese Hoskins to step up now, especially, again, considering those injuries. Those are legitimate injuries. 
You know, it's legitimate injuries. Gene Segura out for three-plus weeks is is a shame. He was flat-out the best hitter on the team. There's no arguing that. You know, he of the two walk-offs in back-to-back days, he of the 330-plus average, it's a shame. And, and the way he gets her, you know, hustling in the ninth, it's um, it's too bad because, uh, again, this is the first version of Gene Segura that we've seen that um, as a Philly that was the guy that we traded for. You know, the guy who had a 300 average three years in a row and all that stuff. And uh, and you could see what a difference that makes for the offense. You know, having a guy like that in the lineup who's just going to put his bat on the baseball, who's going to get on base, who's going to get hits to drive guys in when they're on base. This, As we talked about those first two games in Los Angeles and a, and a constant theme for this team this season, for most of the season, has been the... Inability to to score runners, you know, tons of runners on, inability to score them. And um, Gene Segura really helped with that because, again, he's a guy who puts the bat on the ball. And often, 33% of the time this season, it's for a hit. And that makes such a difference, especially in that two-hole. Him and Odubel at the top, obviously, had been such a a lightning-hot combo for this team. So, And look, Odubel, two for five last night, scores the second round of the game, the one of the two runs had a, another nice game. You know, he's been great for them. Um, but losing Gene Hurts. Uh, last night, uh, though, you will say, look, who filled in for Gene goes three for four, Luke Williams. How about it? Luke! Luke! Um, look, you're going to see more Gene, uh, Luke Williams for sure. Nick Maton called back up. Um, so that gives you a little righty-lefty option with Williams and Maton, which is nice. Um, at least you have guys who, and look, Maton cooled the hell off. We all know that, but... Um, nice to have guys that you've seen have some success in the majors to fill in for this portion of time. You know, and Luke Williams obviously is hot right now, so I- I'd keep riding that hot hand. Luke Williams batting 474 on the season. That'll play. Uh, it's like, yeah, suck it, Gene. We got a 474 hitter here. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> not many of that. Uh, but look, um, hopefully Harper can come back soon. They said day-to-day. That's huge. And we'll get into Harper in a minute because Harper, subject of conversation yesterday. Um, but... Hopefully, Harper can come back soon, and and Luke Williams, Maton, and this amalgamation of guys, Brad Miller on a day, whatever, can can plug the hole, you know, plug the second base hole till Gene gets back, and and find a way to to score some runs while he's out, because that's going to be important. Again, you're not losing an unimportant piece of your offense for three plus weeks or two and a half or whatever it ends up being. My guess is three. They said they expect around three weeks, so we'll see. Um, you know, those are tough. The groins are tough. It's uh. It's a soft tissue, so it's really about how quickly it heals. And, and also one of those things where you don't want to bring him back too soon and have him re-injure it because that obviously can just lengthen those type of, of injuries. So um, they could really use Gene. They could really use Gene back, and uh, you know that they're going to have to find a way to, to, to plug the hole as he's been so important. Um, Harper, um, and we'll get into Wheeler in a sec, but the Harper thing is interesting. Is, as uh, I think for the first time, since he's been here, and there have always been detractors, detractors of his. There's always been, you know, always oh, not good enough for this and that. And and look, we all know, like the first half of his first season, settling a new place and all that, he was struggling. And then had a great second half last year. You know, was was doing great. Got hurt. Had, you know, kind of played through the broken back thing all year, and and got hot at the end. Uh, and not broken back, the injured back. Let's not get carried away. Um, and now this year, you know, the the same thing starts out white hot 
you know, one of the five best hitters in baseball for those first few weeks of the season. And then again, the uh, you know, in this case, it really stings because it does seem like the the getting hit in the face kind of precipitated this whole fall, and that makes sense. You got hit in the face by a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, anyone who is not shook by that um, is is not human, <laughs> but um, it also seems like the back's an issue. And it does bring into question, and, and for the record, I am still very happy Bryce Harper's here. I'm not ripping the contract. I'm not ripping him be here, all that. But it did, you know, yesterday start the the question the the discussion around the idea of of if if he needs to kind of change the way he swings a little bit if um I mean he has such a violent swing and puts such a massive amount of pressure on that back with that swing that you know you do worry about him aging right and worry about it now I mean right now he's missing games because of back he's a twenty eight year old man twenty eight you know and it's like not the first time so. That is a concern. I mean, if I had to pick my single biggest concern with Bryce Harper and the life of this contract the next decade in Philadelphia, it's the back. It's the back. It's flat out the back. It's the back, and then there is no two. It's just it. It's the back. It's such a massive thing, you know, because we all know, you know, you've heard enough stories. Maybe you've had back problems. You know someone with back problems. You have a family member with back problems. No joke. You know, back problems are not something to be trifled with. Back problems are not like, oh, no biggie. You know? And look, they can be. You can have some back issues and be fine and, and it's all good. But they can be chronic as well. And it does seem like at least right now, whatever Bryce Harper is going through is is some sort of chronic back thing that, that keeps coming back. And again, you know, it's like I test. You watch him swing. You see how violent, how herky-jerky it is, how much pressure he puts on it i mean that's not great for a guy with a bad back right now right and then you know is it a question of of not trying to swing so hard is and and can you do that you know how easy is it is to completely change the way you swing when you've been playing baseball you're a little kid and all that so there's a lot of factors that go into it but i do tend to think that it is something that that they should start to think about handling now. You know, it's certainly something where if they can change his mechanics or find a way where he doesn't have to swing as violently to still have the same effect, you know, it's certainly something worth tinkering with, right? Certainly worth something, getting a feel for what it is and how it'll play out and if you can kind of adjust and and all that. But either way, it's certainly a concern. You know, the back's concern and... Right now, you want Harper back, and you want him to be able to, to get on a roll here. We talked about this a couple of days ago, but you know where this team is at right now and the way they are constructed, the only way they're going to be a great baseball team is if Bryce Harper is great. You know, He is the X-factor player. On, I mean, we've talked a lot about Alec Bohm being the X-factor, which he is in the sense of, and he's starting to hit the ball harder, um, but he is in the sense of you know someone who's been really, really bad and is a good hitter, and if they can find that, can make a just a measurable difference on this team, that's bone. But in terms of, of ceiling as a team, in terms of being a, a playoff team, you know, Bryce Harper's the best hitter on the team, and he needs to be it for this team to to get there. I mean, they, they have a good offense, like we always talk about, when healthy, when Gene's there, when, you know, Didi's back, JT, all these guys, like it's a nice offense. It really is. And it has the potential to be a very, very good offense, as we've talked about. 
But that potential and that ceiling and all that stuff is is only hit if Bryce Harper is the centerpiece. And that's why he's here. That's why he has that $330 million contract. To be the centerpiece of an offense. To be the guy who carries you. You know, the, the guy who just, when you need hits, guess who's there? When you need a big home run, guess who's there? When you need uh, your team struggling and you need someone to throw them on their back, guess who's there? And look, in the time he played, Harper hasn't been bad. I mean, he was so good before getting it in the face. Ultimately, now the numbers aren't good enough. You know, they're, they're fine. A 274, 387, 470 slash line, 857 OPS. You know, the 387 OBP is great. You're happy with that. But the 470 slug, not enough. Not enough. You need Bryce Harper to be in that 500-plus range for a slugging percentage. And, um, and again, I do think that the slugging percentage piece of that has a lot to do with the back and the inability to, to rise to uh, lift the ball, you know, and, and really um, and, and get, you know, power on the ball as he's clearly been struggling with that. And that's, uh, you know, it's a problem. It's a concern. You definitely worry about that with Harper. You worry about his ability to get to where he needs to be and um, to be the player that the Phillies need him to be. You know, again, they, they if they're going to make any sort of real run this year, it's going to be because he plays a big role in it. So you hope Harper can come back soon. You know, the day-to-day tag, the fact that he's not on IL is, is certainly encouraging from that perspective. But when he comes back, you need him to really step it up and, and take it to the next level because this team needs him. And you're starting again just from a, a you know, Harper has been beloved since he came here, and rightfully so. You know, few athletes in my lifetime have ever come to a new city and embraced it and understood it and known exactly what that city wanted from him better than Bryce Harper has. I mean, he gets it. He has come here and been the guy we wanted him to be in every other way except, you know, awesome offensive numbers. And again, he's put up great numbers in on, on the whole. And in certain spots, he's, you know, in runs, he's been that awesome guy. But, you know, outside of the, the other stuff, like he... He does need to give us that next level and needs to give it sustained because, you know, they need it. They need it desperately. Now, conversely, the, the guy who has done that for this team, and we saw it last night and yet again, the uh, you know, when this team needed it, he was there like an ace. Zach Wheeler has been just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we talked, you know, last start, I was like, I think he's better than 2018 Aaron Nola. I think he's the best since Lee and Halliday that we've seen. And obviously you have to you sustain it through the season to get that kind of tag. But, uh, you know, even last night, and he talked about after the game too, he's like, I didn't have my best stuff. He's like, I have four walks. He's like, four walks. But but I, I, I gutted it out. And I, I grinded it out. And that's like awesome stuff to hear. That's what you want to hear, especially going up against one of the best lives in baseball, the Dodgers. I mean, my man was awesome. And he didn't have his best stuff. Loads the bases in the first inning, gets out of it. You know, multiple spots where got into trouble and got out of it. Now on the season, he's five and three, but a two one five ERA in ninety six innings pitched. Two one five. He is approaching sub two in almost a hundred innings pitched. That is insane. He has also got a hundred and eighteen strikeouts to twenty two walks in those ninety six in the third innings. That, too, is insane. 118 walks in 96 innings. 
mean, excuse me, 118 strikeouts. That'd be something. 118 strikeouts in 96 innings is is wild. That's 11 strikeouts per nine from a starter. He's been awesome, man. And I, I just, you can't sing his praises enough. The Phillies are competing right now because of that top three, because of a Wheeler, Nola, Eflin. Or, and, and you feel good about their chances if you do because of those top three more than anything else. But but Wheeler's by far the biggest reason. Zach Wheeler is the most important Philly, has been the best Philly. He's the MVP of the team by far so far this season. And we saw it again last night. You know, they needed it. After their seven of nine, you know, four in a row, three straight walk-offs, feeling it. You lose the first two in L.A., and it, it sucks the life out of you as a team, and then that's when your ace takes the hill against the ace of the last decade-plus in Clayton Kershaw, like the league ace, right? You know, and obviously he's not, you know, prime Kershaw anymore. He's still great. But Wheeler in that spot against a, a multiple-time Cy Young winner, an MVP, all that stuff, going up against that dude, comes in without his best stuff, and to still throw six shutout and gets a W. Like, props. Props. Big time props. Zach Wheeler is a stud, man. I'm so happy he's here. He is the Philly I am most confident in this season, without question. Number two, I don't even know. It's what Gene Segura could have been, right? <laughs> but it's just, it's just by miles. He's so great and is such a joy to watch him. And I'm, I'm he's he's a big reason the Phillies, uh, you know, are, are in it. The Philly, you know, it's unbelievable. Um, so shout out. And then again, you know, another shout out to the pen last night. Nice job from Alvarado. Giving you two clean innings, four strikeouts, especially, you know, after that last outing um, where I almost gave the game away uh, the last time we saw him. It was uh, it was nice to see them bounce back and uh, a big win. Big win last night. All right, speaking of the standings, speaking of a big win, the Phillies, unfortunately, gained no ground in the standings as they are still five back of the Mets. The Mets win again. The Mets are 35-25. and 25. Phillies are 33 and 33. The Phillies do gain a game on the Braves. The Braves are 30 and 35 on the season. They're seven and a half games back of the Mets. They are two and a half back of the Phillies. They're tied with the Nats. Same record. Seven and a half back, two and a half back of the Phillies. And then the Marlins keep falling. Marlins are 10 back of the Mets, five back of the Phillies. So, um, you know, it's frustrating that the Phillies are still five back of the Mets. Now, four game series in New York next weekend, that's going to be everything. Right, it's gonna be massive, but um, there is some separation. I mean, the Phillies being two and a half up on the Mets and the Nats is shocking, considering they're thirty-three and thirty-three. Uh, the Mets, uh, the Mets are twenty and six at home. They're actually not great on the road either. Fifteen and nineteen on the road, not as bad as the Phillies twelve and twenty-one. But the Phillies twenty-one and twelve at home is super impressive, and would easily be the best home record in the National League East. And one of the uh, you know three or four best home records of baseball, other than you know the team they're going to play, the San Francisco Giants, twenty-one and nine at home, not ideal. They're also twenty-two and sixteen on the road, but you know we'll see. Um, but uh, you know the Mets are twenty and six, twenty and six at City Field. That's absurd. That's absurd. Um, Phillies uh, um, are seven and three in their last ten. The Mets are eight and two. You know they just can't seem to get away from them. The Mets just finding ways to win games. We said it yesterday. It is still true. The Mets have the biggest lead in baseball in terms of division leaders. I, it's kind of shocking, to be honest, because you look around and you see like a team like the Rays who are 43-26, and 26, one game lead on the Red Sox. 
the closest is the the White Sox at 43 and 25. So again, the Mets are 35 and 25. The White Sox are 43 and 25, and they're four and a half up on the Indians, who are 37 and 28. The A's have 43 wins also. They're only two and a half up. You know, the the Cubs and Brewers are tied at 38 and 30 at the top of the division. Even then, Reds are two back, Cardinals three back. So four teams in that division have a record over 500, whereas in the NL East, only one team does. Think about that. The NL Central has four teams the record over 500, and the NL East has one. And then, of course, the NL West, you know, the, the Giants and Dodgers, both over 40 wins. So uh, pretty crazy the way the NL East is shaking out the idea that the Phillies, um, you know, are very, very lucky that they are in that division. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? And yet, even still, as we, the toughest division in baseball, the whole thing, we, we said that coming in, we felt it coming in, and, and is not, clearly, but they're so lucky to be in that division, and yet they're still five back. So that is concerning. Obviously, wild guard possibility is not ideal. So the Phillies really need to start to turn it around. I mean, this is a big series in San Francisco, and then you got the Mets coming up next week. It's the 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 massive, just a massive, massive stretch of baseball. We'll look at the schedule more tomorrow again as we dive into you know that series next week, and of course, look ahead to this big series against Gabe Kapler's Giants um, this weekend. So tomorrow we'll dive into that. Um, really look at the schedule, and of course, look at uh, like I said, I want to get back to the Tyler Glass now stuff, and and and. What's going on with that? Because that's going to be a really big story, obviously, throughout the league all season long. So um, we'll get into all that tomorrow. Get ready for a series in San Francisco. Today we will bask in the glow of the Phillies winning a game against the Dodgers in L.A. It's fun. I'll take it. I'll take it. One of three in L.A., you know, it's not what you want, but it's kind of what you hoped. Uh, it was kind of it, – let's put it this way. It was not the worst-case scenario is what I'm trying to say. Um, all right, we'll be back. We'll preview the series and a whole lot more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.